0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to C3SanDiego.com. Fantastic. Well, uh, come with me in your Bibles, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8 to 16. We're going to read 1 Kings 17. The title of my message tonight is In the Flow. In the Flow. In the Flow. Everyone say, In the Flow. You know what's interesting is if I was to ask you, hey, would you like to live under an open heaven? You know, everyone would say, yeah, heck yeah. You know, uh, an open heaven, when you live under an open heaven, Deuteronomy 28 says when the heavens are open over you, you're blessed in the country, you're blessed in the city, you're blessed going in, you're blessed going out, which kind of means like, wow, so I'm blessed in the country. Oh, it must be the country and I'm blessed in the city, and I'm blessed going in, and I'm blessed coming out because it's the windows of heaven. It's not the geographical position of you on earth. When the heaven is open, God can bless you in the city. He can bless you in the country. He can bless you going in. He can bless you going out. And what we don't understand is that Jesus said, Behold, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. I want heaven open over my life. Uh, you've got the keys. Yeah, but I want God to open it. No, no, I've given you the keys. Yeah, but God, would you open the kingdom of heaven? I'd like, bless... No, no, I've, I've actually... I gave you the keys. Yeah, yeah, but I want you to... No, 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 just just use them. No, I really want... And I like what he's saying. I want to be blessed in the country, blessed in the city, blessed going in, blessed... God. I want that. No, no, I've given you the keys. Just use them. No, 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 I want you to do... No, I've given you... Oh, myself, how do I, I gave you, anyway, so come with me, 1 Kings 17, 8 to 16, says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah, it's always a good day when the word of the Lord comes to you, you're the smartest people in San Diego, because you, Got here 5 p.m. on a Sunday night knowing that just right now, the Word of the Lord can come. One Word from God can shift everything. One Word from God can alter everything. The Word of the Lord came to Elijah saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, everyone say see. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now just just before I keep reading, let me just back up a, a few verses Uh, To give you context, the context is Elijah has proclaimed a drought over the land. The reason he's proclaimed a drought over the land was because the word of the Lord came to him and said because of Jezebel and Ahab's corrupt leadership, they are turning people away from the Lord. Ahab was a weak leader. He married Jezebel. Jezebel grew up worshipping Baal and it was kind of like an, a marriage by alliance. They were trying to uh, appease the nations around about them. They thought, well, if I marry our enemy's daughter, then we'll be friends and they'll leave us alone because he's... Do-. But, but what you marry, is gonna, she's going to bring her stuff with her. Just so you know, when you marry, you don't just marry the person, you marry their history. You're looking at me like you already knew that, but I'm telling you, we've done enough marriage counseling to tell you, you didn't realize that till I just said it. So anyway, so. So Jezebel is executing the prophets of the Lord. She's executing, but she is feeding the prophets of Baal. The next chapter, chapter 18, is going to be the showdown at Mount Carmel. It's the showdown where one lone warrior of God, Elijah, is going to take on 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Asherah, 850 to one. It's 850 false prophets versus one true prophet, and I've got to tell you, the one true prophet. Because when you are with God, you become the majority. 850 prophets with their demons can't match one man or one woman dedicated and sold out to the living God. So Elijah, Elijah, takes them out, but right Bar- right Right now, this is in the conflict where he has proclaimed a drought and a drought is over the land. He, He is kind of living by a brook called the brook Cherith and ravens are feeding him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. God's trying to tell him that I can make the most selfish scavenger bird provide for you. The, 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 the blackbird, the raven, is a scavenger. It don't share jack. And God has commanded the most selfish things of this world to come and drop off bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening for Elijah. And the Bible says, and he drank from the brook. But it came to pass, consequentially, that because of the drought, because of the word of the Lord over the land, the brook began to dry up. Can I just say to you tonight, do not fear if Jesus is your Lord. If Jesus is your Savior, you never have to fear when a stream of income, when a stream of provision dries up. You may work for a company and that company may go through some changes. It may be you know, sold, it may be bought out, it, or it may, uh, it may have made some mistakes like Blockbuster just didn't kind of keep up with technology. They thought everyone was going to have DVDs and VCRs forever. They didn't. They didn't kind of get into the, the streaming market, and so Netflix has replaced Blockbuster. And so if you, you know, and so all the people that work for Blockbuster were laid off. And so there are, there are going to be times, there are going to be moments in life where your stream, your your income, your your provision is going to to seemingly run out. But you never have to fear because. If you're a Christian if you follow God you've got a provider. So your pre- provision may have dried up but you'll never lose your provider. So as the, as the the brook Cherith is drying up the word of the Lord comes to Elijah saying arise go to Zarephath when you get there see I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now I'm I'm a little more jacked up than Elijah. So if that was me, I'd be like walking to Zarephath thinking, hmm, I wonder if Bill Gates died. Maybe it was Warren Buffett or better still, George, uh, Jeff Bezos. And he's left, he's left you know, uh, his, his wife, you know, with multi-billions, uh, some, you know, some rich bird, some rich widow's going to be. Well, he gets to the, the gate of the city and he looks up and there just happens to be, in fact, let's read it so you know I'm not making it up, verse 9. Sorry, verse uh, verse 10. So he arose and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and says, Please bring me now a little water in a cup that I may drink. He's testing. You know, in a drought, if she knows where water is, this must be the one. There's no coincidence with God. God said, a widow will provide. He gets and just happens to see a widow. This has got to be. get me a little water. And so the Bible says that she goes to get water as she was going to get it. He thinks this is the one. So he calls to her. Remember, God said, I've commanded a widow to provide for you. He calls to her and says, "Um, please bring me a little morsel of bread in your hand. Bring me a little biscotti. (laughs) Bring me a little cake with my water. I haven't eaten for an hour. (laughs) Feeling a little peckish. Verse 12, so she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little, jo- little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks so that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son. You are not invited <laughs> that we may eat it and die. This is not a happy place. You would think right there, I'm so sorry, darling, I got the wrong widow. But it's interesting because whenever God says see, you've got to see more than it's apparent. I would say, man, I'm so sorry, ma'am, I must have the wrong widow. God had, but Elijah sees, oh, no, 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 wow, I thought it was just about my next meal. But here is a widow grieving. She's lost her husband, her source of provision. It's a drought over the land. So not not only has she lost her helpmate, not only has she lost her husband, her spouse, her strength, her support, but there's a drought over the land. so circumstances, the, the economy, everything is jacked up. Things are shutting up, things are foreclosing, things are going difficult and she's watching her savings wilt away that she's got enough. She's got just enough for one last cake and then she knows that the grave that she dug to bury her husband, she's got two little graves already prepared, one for her and one for her son. She's contemplating if there is a God, surely he's a callous God. If there is a God, surely he doesn't care. Surely his eye is not on the sparrow. But there is a God in heaven who is looking down and feels her pain, sees her grief and sees her loss and says to Elijah, get up and go to Zarephath because I've commanded a widow to provide for you. So Elijah goes as he says, now watch what happens. Watch what Elijah says to her. Elijah says to her, verse 13, and Elijah said to her, do not fear, don't be afraid. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son for thus saith the Lord the God of Israel the being of flour shall not be used up nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Baby girl it's been dry but I'm telling you until you see the rain and the crops and everything start growing again God has got you. He's got your back. He's gonna supernaturally provide. But sweetheart, you have the key in your hand. If you put God first, if you put his word first, see who is Elijah? Elijah has to survive to the next chapter. He has to take on the false prophets of Baal. Elijah, even in his own understanding, was I alone am left the prophet of the Lord. I'm the man that is carrying God's conviction. I'm the man that is carrying God's revelation. I'm the man that is carrying God's message. His now word to this city. I'm the one that is standing up against the corruption in the government, the wickedness in leadership. Jezebel and Ahab, I'm the only one standing up. I'm not backing down. There are a hundred prophets hidden in a cave right now, but they ain't saying nothing because they're fearful for their lives. But Elijah don't care he's speaking up and he's speaking out and God says I need a man of God with some courage I need a man of God that doesn't back up intimidated by the world that will not allow Jezebel to silence them and because of that God says I'm going to command a widow she's going to provide for you because you got a chapter 18 showdown coming down with the principalities let me just tell you this Let me tell you this, Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will build my church. 2,000 years ago, on a hillside in Galilee, Jesus speaks these words to his disciples. He says, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. For 2,000 years, the church has been the number one persecuted organization on the planet. The devil hates the church. Governments have hated the church. In In Russia, they, they took all the pastors and they executed them. Or they put them in gulags. They put them in concentration camps. Hitler knew that he couldn't take over Germany unless he got rid of the churches. The church is constantly in China. You can't even have church. They have the underground church. The church has been vilified the church has been persecuted every week hundreds of thousands of christians right around the world are executed for their faith you need to understand jesus says i'm going to build my church and it doesn't matter no matter what the devil does my church ain't going down the church is only going to flourish the church is only going to increase no matter what the devil throw, no matter what hell throws at the church it's going to keep increasing i say all that to say this If you and I were in a harbour and a storm was coming, a massive tempest was coming and the storm was so great, it would sink all the ships in the harbour and all the lives would be lost except for one. There would be one ship that would survive the storm. Every one of us would rush to be on that ship. It's called the church. It's called the church. Jesus says, I will build my, t-. the one thing that ain't going down, rotary, one day won't be no more. Habitat for humanity, one day won't be no more. All the great in- organization institutions of the earth, one day won't be no more. But you know what? will be the church. The church is, go- we're going to go up in the clouds. We're going to survive the second coming. We're going to survive the next. The church is the number one thing on this planet. So this woman, by providing for Elijah, instead of a billionaire, instead of a multimillionaire, it's a woman down to her last. She provides and she releases a flow. You need to understand point number one is the one ship that survives the storms is the church, is the house of God. Number two, heaven is a flow. Heaven is a flow. A lot of people have, have God as a dispenser. They think that God is this reluctant dispenser. That the God is in heaven, and He's like Gabriel, Gabriel. They keep crying out to me. They keep wanting stuff, healings over here, blessings over there, breakthroughs over here, financial provision. It's wearing me out. And Gabriel says, "Well, Lord, you you created them. Yes, but I wasn't expecting to be so needy. (laughs) And look at them; they've multiplied." I made two and now there's 7.1 billion of them. I wasn't expecting them to multiply like that. Lord, you commanded them, be fruitful and multiply. Well, I didn't mean, I mean, God wanted you to multiply. God has no problem. He can provide for 7.2 billion people. He's got plenty of resources. He's not ruining the day that he paved the streets with gold in heaven. He's not, Gabriel, I, I made a big boo-boo. I shouldn't have, I, sh- I just got carried away with gold. I thought, why don't we have gold streets? And now we're, we've run out of budget. Now we're in a recession here in heaven. You know, don't look to me to provide for the church. They're going to do, they're gonna have to do fundraising down there now. They're going to have to do bake sales and the youth will have to do car washes. Where once the youth wash your car, you need to take it through a car wash. To get all the areas that they've missed clean. <laughs> well, I ain't providing for the church. You need to understand, God, God, God is, God, if there's one thing God is providing for, it's his church. If you're going to hitch yourself to any wagon, hitch yourself to the wagon called the church. Now, you need to understand that God is not a, a reluctant dispenser of blessings. There is a flow. The Bible says in Revelation 21 that God sits on a throne and from beneath the flo- the throne a river flows. And where that river flows, life abounds. Everywhere that river flows, it causes life. In fact, it says there are trees that grow on the side of the river that bear fruit every single month. There is a harvest of fruit every single month. Not just in the spring, not just in the summer, but Every single month, every single season, it bears fruit because it is a source of life. I want you to know the reason we do vision builders is, is I'm not trying to get something from you. I'm trying to get something to you. How do you know this works? Well, exhibit A. When I went to Bible school, my dad said to me, because I'm leaving engineering to go to Bible school, that's it. Not one cent, not one cent will you get from me. He was mad that I was leaving engineering. Because if there's anything about Germans, we love our engineering. The Audi, the Porsche, Volkswagen, Mercedes, BMW, we love our engineering. He was mad that I was leaving engineering. He thought, why do you want to leave engineering to be a priest? I was like, Dad, I'm, not be- I'm gonna marry Leanne. I'm gonna be a pastor, the same thing. And he was so mad. <laughs> he was so mad. And true to his form, true to his form, Not one cent. The craziest thing is, and and there are moments I have little pity parties with God, and I'm like, you know, it's not fair, God, because I provide for Him. He's meant to provide for me, but I provide for Him so many times now. And I've got four kids, and I've got to provide for them. Like, I'm the piggy in the middle. Like, He's meant to provide for me, and then I'm meant to pay it forward. But I'm the guy that I'm meant to flip and pay for his jacked up, and I'm paying for. Like this is, and God, so God says, when you're finished, <laughs> I've blessed you to be a blessing. He's not yet saved. But he's observing and he's a recipient. He's eating a harvest that is different to the seeds that he has sown. He's watching you. My blessing is with you. You're not going to run out. I've commanded you to be a source of provision. Upward and downward and roundabout. You need to understand when I went to Bible college, King David said this in the Psalms. He said, if my parents forsake me. When a kid goes off to college, he that's when he needs mum and dad the most. When I got, when I went off to college, that's when my dad turned his." back on me but you know what the Lord took care of me the Lord provided how did he provide he taught me in his word that he gave me the keys to the kingdom that I could open the windows of heaven and walk in blessing and walk in favor so we could leave the shores of of Sydney and come to San Diego with no guarantee with no security with no job with no congregation with no church with no facility with no building with people piping off saying San Diego's a preacher's graveyard do you know there's no zoning for churches in San Diego do you know how it Expensive San Diego is. Do you know how reluctant cities are? If you do get a building to actually give you a see, you but they they were piping up. But you know what? I just knew if God be for me, who or what could be against me? All I got to do is step out in faith. Step out in faith. When you tie your life to the house of God, you need to understand that 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 there's a flow. This woman, as she begins to provide for Elijah, it comes back, pressed down, shaken together. She eats for many days. Elijah's protege, his successor is a guy called Elisha. Elisha also encounters a widow. This widow has also lost her husband, but it's different. Her husband was one of the sons of the prophets, probably had a powerful prophetic gift, just terrible with money. Because he left his wife, With so much debt, crippling debt, she wasn't able to pay the debt off. And so the creditor was coming to take her two sons to be indentured as slaves. Just so you know, uh, that if you owe anybody a debt, you're a slave. So we see that. Oh, the Bible, it's pro slavery. If you have credit card debt, you are a slave to Visa. You're a slave to MasterCard because you are now working, not for your benefit, but to pay them what you owe them. That's called slavery. Slavery is where you work and somebody else eats the fruit of your labor. Slavery. Anyway, let's keep going. And so she says, they're going to come and they're going to take my two sons away and make them slaves. So Elijah says, what have you got in the house? And she says, well i got nothing except, and God's like, that's, that's where God works. Elisha Elijah said, that's where God works in the exception. What have you got? She said, well, I've got a little bit of oil in a jar. He says, go borrow as many vessels as you can. Don't borrow a few. Borrow as many as you can. Go to all the neighbors and every, get as many as you can. Then go into your house. Shut the door behind you, you and your sons, and begin to pour out The oil. The Bible says they poured out vessel one full. Wow, there's still oil. Poured out vessel two full. Still oil. Pour out vessel. They began to fill vessel after vessel after vessel after vessel after vessel. after vessel. It just kept flowing. It just kept flowing. It just kept flowing. Kept flowing, 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 flowing. Finally, the Bible says she filled up the the last vessel till it was full. And then she looked to her son. She said, bring me another vessel. He says, there isn't any. The next verse says, and the oil stopped flowing. I want you to notice the Bible doesn't say the oil ran out. You know what ran out? The vessels. When the empty vessels ran out, the oil stopped flowing. When the empty vessel was there, the oil flowed. When the empty vessel ran out, the oil stopped flowing. Every time you give, it's an empty vessel. When you give, you open your hand, you release from your hand, it's an empty vessel that creates a flow, that demands a flow. That's why give and it will be given to you. Press. God is saying as soon as you give, you 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 engage the flow. When you prime a pump, you prime it, and then all of a sudden it flows. The way that you prime the pump is giving. Fundraising is not God's way. Giving is God's way. Whenever God needs a breakthrough, He gives. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son that whoso... God's way is giving. So God is a flow. Number three, faith activates the flow. Faith activates the flow. The reason we do vision builders is, yeah, yeah, sure, we're going to buy buildings. And God spoke to me privately, personally, and He said, every building you buy, I will fill. Every building you buy, I will fill. And you're not building buildings just for the sake of churches. You're building altars, places of transaction where heaven comes into a place where, where there is a, a, a supernatural transaction that takes place. The people with cancers and people with lymphatic cancers, aggressive, get healed for a second time in Jesus' name, where, where people come in with a six weeks and they're going to be dead. There's nothing more medically we can do. And they get pulled up on a stage and they get prayed for, and the cancer shrivels up and the tumor is gone, and they're healed, and they're married, and they're flourishing. We see miracles every week. Why? Because it's not a building. It's an altar. And so we buy buildings, but it's, it's less it's less about that. It's more about I want you to get into that place. I want you to get into the flow where you can be, begin to experience a supernatural flow over your life. How do I know this to be true? Because I'm the recipient. Every year, and we've been doing this for 20 years, every year Leanne and I have given. The last few years, we, we've kind of every year bumped up. Last year, I think we gave 36,000. This year, God says, I want you to give 60,000. So I got, I got no problem, I mean it hurts, I ain't going to lie, a little bit of pain in there. But here's, here's what I discovered, that in 30 something years of following God, he's never taken something from me where I'm like, oh man, I feel ripped off. Every time God has asked me for something, what he was intending to give me, he always gets you to pay up front and he doesn't tell you the product. He's the opposite of the world. The world says, you like this product? Hey, pay later. Enjoy now. Higher purchase. Not God. God doesn't even tell you the product. He says, I want you to pay this. You're like, for what? Just do it. <laughs> what do I get? Not telling. Well, why would I pay? It's called faith, trust. Well, how do I know you're good? If you don't know he's good, then you don't know. So every single time, God has always asked me to pay up front, and he doesn't tell me. But i got to tell you, every time the blessing has come, I'm like, oh, dear Jesus, I ripped you off. You only asked for that, and I got this? Are you kidding me? God, I need to pay. Faith releases the flow. Jesus comes to Lazarus's tomb. Lazarus is dead. And he comes and he says, roll away the stone. Because how many people know that, that Jesus has got power, but it can't go through stones? How many people know that like, you know, Jesus even said, yea verily the anointing that resteth upon me is a wonderful anointing except if stones are in the way. (laughs) Stones are my kryptonite and I want to raise the dead man back to life but the kryptonite stone blocketh my power. Roll away the stone, I'd roll it away, but I'd lose my power like Superman loses when he's near Kryptonite. How many of you know the stone had nothing to do with Jesus's power? So why would Jesus say, roll away the stone? I've heard a preacher say, because Lazarus wouldn't be able to hear the word of God. (laughs) He's dead. Seriously, try it next time you're at a funeral, and no one's around. Sneak up to the dead man and insult him. Oh, you like that? And then double down on it. So, are you just going to lay there not do anything? He can't. He can't hear Jack. A dead person. (laughs) They can't hear Jack. They're dead. So when Jesus says, "Roll away the stone," There's a reason he's saying it. Yeah, yeah. Come on, there's a reason he's saying roll away. this. Why is he saying roll away? If it doesn't affect his power, and if it's got nothing to do with the fact that Lazarus can't hear if there's a stone in the way, why would Jesus say roll away the stone? Well, when he says it, Martha's response tells us. Martha says, Lord, Lord, no, no. He's been dead four days. By now there is a great stench. In other words, if you roll away the stone, what's going to emerge from that tomb is the stench, the foul odor of a decomposing dead man. And Jesus says, Martha, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Sweetie, I'm here. If you roll away the stone, do you really think I'm going to let embarrassment, shame, the odor of death come out? Roll away the stone and watch what I do. Watch this. God has got power. God has got power. This is going to be offensive, but it's the truth. Okay? So put big boy pants on, big girl pants on. God's power does not flow to need, God's power flows to faith. God's power does not flow to need. If He did, we wouldn't have poverty in the world. Well, why doesn't God let his power flow to need? Then we wouldn't have poverty. Problem solved. Yeah. The the cause of poverty isn't lack. The cause of poverty is greed. We have people starving in third world nations, not because there's no food, not because there's no resources in the earth. I... I don't agree with King Charles, or Prince Charles, I should say, who believes that, you know, if if we could only have an epidemic disease to wipe out the population of Earth because there are far too many humans for the amount of resources. Actually, no, they're not. But if you go to those countries, you will find that when they did the, uh, the, the first aid concert, they sent literally tens of millions of dollars worth of food and supplies that instead of going to the poor to relieve the poor, was confiscated by those governments and then sold to the middle and upper class while the governments benefited from all the money so they could buy bigger palaces and jets and everything else. Meanwhile, the poor still stayed poor. It's not God, it is man... It is not the lack of God's provision. It is man's distribution. Remember God put man in charge of the earth. He said to Adam, have dominion over the work of my hands. Fill the earth and subdue it. Exercise dominion. So quit blaming God for poverty in third world nations and begin to understand it's the corruption of man and the only thing that stops the corruption of man is the gospel it is the only thing that challenges you and I and tells us that we are jacked up sinful selfish lost people that need to repent before a holy God and allow his spirit to come on the inside of us and change the way that we view other people and stop being so selfish God's power flows towards faith I love the first miracle. First miracle, Jesus turns what? Water into wine. So Mary comes and she says, you know, um, they've run out of wine. And he's like, woman, what has your concern got to do with me? And I love Mary. She just ignores him. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. That's my boy. Oh, I love my boy. That's my boy. Whatever he tells you to. Do. And so she's like, oh, he is all right. He said, you see those six wash pots over there, wash pots? about 30 gallons each, used for the ceremonial cleansing of the priests to do their duty. And they're just sitting over there. He says, fill them to the brim with water. Then take that chalice, dip it in the water and take it to the master of the feast. Take it to the sommelier. Hang on, whoa, 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 hang on. You want me to get water from a dirty wash pot and get him to drink. Is this a joke? Do you not like him? Is this like Ashton Kutcher punked? But there was something about, see Jesus could have walked over. I turned this water into wine. He could have walked over and prayed for it. He said, come on everybody, stretch out your hands. Let's believe together. He could have said that. He could have reached into his pocket, says, guess what I've got in my pocket, guys? Pixie dust. Borrowed it from Tinkerbell. It's now wine. Jesus has got power. He's got, he's got power to heal. He's got power to deliver. He's got power to transform. He's got the power to turn a barren womb into a fruitful womb. He's got the power to supernaturally can, cancel debt. He's got the power to transfer. He's got the power. Jesus has power. But He looks for faith so that his power has a landing strip, so that his power has a connection point in the earth. Roll away the stone, because I've got power to raise the dead, but I'm looking for faith. When they rolled away the stone, he says, now my power can flow, and a dead man walked out. He says, take that chalice full of the ceremonial water and take it to the master of the feast. And when he, my God, he says, at most weddings... People bring out the the expensive wine first, and then once everyone's drunk a little, they bring out the inferior. But not you. The bouquet. The tannins. They're the only two words I know to do with wine. I don't know what else is there. What else is there? The oak. The oak. (laughs) <laughs> Whatever it is. Anyway, <laughs> it's a red wine. It's a Cab Sav. You got it. <laughs> it's supernaturally transformed because of their act of faith. When they put the, sh- the chalice in, it was water. When he sipped it, it became the finest of wine. God had the power to change it. He was looking for faith. Disciples, launch out into the deep. Let down your nets for a catch. Peter, I just borrowed your boat and preached my first sermon. But now launch out into the deep. Let down your nets for a catch. How come Jesus didn't just say, hey, guys, I'm going to pay for my hire of your boat and have, have the fish jump in the boat? Jesus has power. He needs them to go. They said, Master, we've told all night, caught nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. It's your faith that releases. It's your faith that attracts the power of God. A woman with an issue of blood comes behind him. She touches him. The crowd is thronging him. Jesus stops. says, stop, stop. Somebody touch me. They're like, are you kidding? Every-. He says, no, no. Somebody. I felt power flow out. She says, it was me, Lord. For 12 years, I've spent all my money. I haven't been up, but as soon as I touched you, I felt power. Because when I heard about you, I said within myself, if only I may touch the hem of his garment, I shall be. He goes, daughter, your faith has made you whole. He, it was his power that made her whole, but it was her faith that drew that power into her. I'm telling you today, you can walk with a flow from heaven over your life, but it comes down to faith. The reason we don't do fundraisers and bake sales and car wash is because life is too short. The kingdom is too important. And if you do, if we do a fundraiser, then you get what you... But I want you to get into a flow. I want you to get into a place where you begin to see an unfolding flow of supernatural that is unmistakable, that is unexplainable except for God flow over your life that's why we do this now let me just say this in rounding up get your card out if you're sitting with your spouse it's very important to talk to your spouse right now because it's very important I don't want people fighting in the car on the way home now listen if both of you arrive at a different number and you're like oh sugar which one's God it's very simple the larger amount It's not like God was like, whoa, I, w- I wasn't thinking a number of that high. <laughs> it's crazy. I can't do that. Whenever it comes to giving, I always find that I'm happy to get rid of Ishmael. I'm protective of Isaac. Genesis 22, And it came to pass, the Lord tested Abraham. If God is testing you, it's only because he wants to promote you. Tests precede promotion. Tests precede graduation. Came to pass the Lord tested Abraham. Why? Because God was wanting to promote Abraham. God was wanting to multiply Abraham. So he says, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Because if he would have just said, Abraham, sacrifice a son, Abraham would be like, Ishmael, ish. Give me a little champ. How old are you now? 25? <laughs> it feels like 125. It Feel like you've lived like 10 lives already. Anyway, the Lord's asked for you. Bird offering. <laughs> Nothing I can do. He's asked for you, Pert. He'd be giving Ishmael. Ishmael always represents what you can do without. I always come to the offering. I'm like, okay, well, I could do without this and I could do without. But I always find the Spirit of God is not in Ishmael. The breakthrough is not in Ishmael. The breakthrough is always in... My precious. <laughs> Take now your son, your only son, Isaac. Abraham's a better man than me. He rose early in the morning, chopped the wood, prepared everything, saddled his donkey, put Isaac on it, ties him up, puts him on the altar, picks up the knife, and God says, Wow, Abraham, now I know. you won't withhold from me what is most precious to you Abraham didn't realize but he became a surrogate intercessor because he did that he gave God legal right to put his only son in the earth on an altar to save you and I from our sin But he said, because you have done this, Abraham, blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the dust of the earth and as the stars of the heavens. And your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. Because you did this. God wasn't trying to get something from him. God was trying to get something to him. Ishmael is what he could have done without. Isaac what is what was most precious, but the breakthrough was in Isaac. So often when I come to this, I think of Ishmael. Ishmael I can do without, but breakthroughs not in Ishmael. Breakthrough is in Isaac. I want you to have the most extraordinary breakthroughs. I want you to have the most extraordinary miracles, the most extraordinary testimonies. So I'm going to ask for the ushers right now to come and put the um, the, the baskets up here. The band's gonna come back up. We're gonna to begin to worship. The leaders are gonna come forward. We wanna pray for you. If you haven't yet given, or maybe you gave an amount and you're sitting here tonight going, oh shoot, I think it's Ishmael. It's not too late to say, Ishmael, sorry, this is big boy stuff. I'm taking Isaac. Bring Isaac. Behold, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you open is open. Whatever you close is closed. This is going to sound really crazy again, but God does not determine the level of blessing over your life. You do. Luke 6.38, give and it will be given to you. Press down, shake together, running over for with the measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. The measure you use will be measured back. Paul says, sow sparingly, reap sparingly. so bountifully, reap bountifully. The measure you use is measured back. What God wanted to bring to Abraham, offering Ishmael could never release. For what God intended, it required an Isaac offering. I found that the Holy Spirit loves an Isaac offering.